Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with the director at the Baltimore Film Office. Please welcome Debbie Dorsey. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hey, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're, we're, we're doing this in person. Unfortunately, no one's gonna see this interview, <laughs> but we're doing this in person at the uh, Baltimore Museum of Industry. We're in the uh, cinema gallery, which is, uh, really cool actually it's like we're at the movies and we have no audience you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is one of those instances where i guess talking to the movies isn't frowned upon talking through the movies isn't frowned upon no oh absolutely and i like this room there's some really great old classic baltimore movie posters on the wall so if you're ever in here please be sure to come in and check this room out and i think they also do some trailers of some of these films too they run those while the museum's open which is so, which, which is, is really cool. cool yeah yeah there's so many of us now because these are so old there's a lot of young people that probably haven't seen some of these movies i mean i was disturbed talking with um someone that was like super young like maybe 18 it's like what's the wire i was like ha, ha. No. <laughs> isn't that crazy right <laughs> so Again, thank you for being on this podcast. And before we get too deep and entrenched into the, the you know, to the cutting room floor of this podcast, could you uh, share the Debbie Dorsey story and what was your first experience working with film? Sure, happy to do that. So, um, my first experience, uh, I, I started out working on commercials, actually, um, really for a still photographer who did commercial photography, and then I went on to do some regular film commercials. This was in the early '80s. I graduated from Towson University. In 1982, I was a um, uh, I studied photography and public relations, which you'll hear in just a minute how that fit perfectly um, with what I ended up doing as a career. Um, I traveled and backpacked around Europe for about four or five months and decided I did not want to ever have a job. Phone is ringing, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it off. I never wanted a job with uh, that where I had to wear. A suit right. or anything you know I just wanted to be in my hiking boots and shorts that's what I wanted to do after I traveled so I would started working for this still photographer working on commercials and then my first break working on a feature film was on a, a movie called men don't leave mm -hmm. so I did they did some reshoots here in Baltimore and I was in my hiking boots and shorts <laughs> and the crew from Avalon came over Barry Levinson and his gang they were looking for locals to work on their new movie um, and that was my first full on uh, job as a location manager on a feature film. So that was Avalon in 1989, oh, which wow. I see the poster on the wall <laughs> over there. So it was a big period film. Um, it combined my love of, of traveling because I really became a traveler in my own city. Yeah. So there was constantly things to discover. Every corner I turned was something new, some new cool architecture and being a period movie helping to try and help the director and the production designer envision what it would have looked like in 1919. And it was everything I loved to do. So I had a career for quite some time. I worked on Avalon. I'm looking around the room, Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle. I worked on four John Waters movies, Serial Mom, um, Cecil B. Demented, Pecker and a Dirty Shame. Um, so I, Homicide Life on the Street, yeah. Washington Square. It was a great career. Yeah. Um, and then after, after I started to have a family, I um, decided I took a little time off, several years, and then came back and started my job as the film commissioner for Baltimore City. So that was 15 years ago. So I've had a long 30 year stretch. <laughs> I start out brown here, you can't see me now, it's gray. So it's, I, I yeah. went into the bathroom earlier and I noticed one gray hair in my side. I was like, come on. 
I was like, come on, let's not do this. I was like, I'm, I'm turning into Reed Richards. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> right. It happens. It happens to us all. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Um, it's, so even with my job as the, as the film office director, a lot of it is selling Baltimore, selling the locations and the different looks. We have yeah. such a great city for that. We have old and new and 1700 seaport to modern glass buildings. So yeah. there's so much that Baltimore has to offer visually. Thank you, thank you for walking us through that in yeah. a very abbreviated way. Because you know, you say, yeah, it's, you know, it's thirty years and so on. Yeah. It's like uh, it's not a few minutes. You know, no, it it's a not a few minutes <laughs> at all. Yeah. So if 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 there were was one, and I and I think you touched on it because one of the things I get out of doing this podcast is sort of that kind of internal, almost like local passport to check out things and. What I like to do is to share those those things or having that's what these conversations ultimately turn into. So what would you say the main thing, if you would have put a really fine pin on it, about filmmaking, especially here locally, that resonated with you? The one thing, um, I think for me, and as a location manager, sure. so I'm, that's, you know, as you know, there's so many different kinds of, of jobs in, in the film industry. And for me as a location manager, I think it was um, being given the opportunity to meet people I wouldn't normally meet, to be in all kinds of different neighborhoods, to meet the directors of museums, to the, the guy with the, with the hot dog stand yeah. on the corner. I mean, I met all sorts of people that I probably wouldn't, wouldn't normally meet. You know oh, Joe as well now. <laughs> I know, all these, I do. On Avalon, for instance, um, a lot of it was Barry Levinson's, it was the story of his family sure. was Avalon. And so we went to the places where some of his family um, had lived. And one of the streets, um, Appleton Street, off of North Avenue, um, we did a big scene because in, in, I don't know when they stopped doing it, but the Ringling Brothers Circus used to have the elephants parade down to the Civic Center. Sure. And so we set up a parade of, of had elephants and everything. But my job was to go door to door and talk to all the neighbors and get to know them all. And there was this really kind um, older gentleman on the street who played the flugelhorn on Pennsylvania Avenue at some of the jazz clubs. Yeah. But I would sit and listen to stories like for the longest time. I'd meet people and they'd cook crab cakes for me or dinner and I just would hear their stories and it was an opportunity because I think they would say oh movie people and yeah. then they would want to tell their story and I loved it that was my that was my favorite really my it, it still is my favorite part is just getting in to lots of different communities and, and getting to meet people that I wouldn't normally meet so yeah. is that you know is that filmmaking I don't know but that's part of it is yeah. it's part of it and part of it is the relationships that you build um, and for the for the residents a lot of it is you know they they have a film on their street and it's cool and it's exciting even though it's a little disruptive and they have to move their car yeah. or whatever it's like, what's this noise? I know what's that light <laughs> my window all night long or whatever but you know it's something that doesn't normally happen every day and it adds a little bit of fun and excitement and that's what I always tried to bring to a neighborhood yeah. was I'd listen to people's stories and I'd get them excited and they'd all come out and talk and meet and that makes it fun I always wanted to make it fun for people and not like a inconvenience <laughs> no the, the, the fun piece and you know I, I hear and it just and it maybe is in part having so many of these sorts of conversations yeah. that it's like you know being able to connect with people and have them share their stories one there's a litany of skills that go into doing that and i think two 
it's it's outreach. That's the, the PR thing a little bit there um, in terms of marketing and, and thanks to the sword or even research if one is like, I'm gonna write this next story. And it's like, yeah, I was a location assistant or something on the right. set of this movie, but I got some good stories just by interfacing and connecting with the community. Right. And you know, there's a lot of things and I find that you know, with some of those kind of earlier steps, those things that are really important that don't have that kind of impact or sort of bottom line component to it, those are the things that actually really matter. And it all evolves and it helps with, you know, when you work with, with a group of filmmakers or directors who do take that into consideration that they're not locked to the words on the script or the yeah. way it's written, like Jodie Foster on Home for the Holidays. I worked with her and the script called for I think it was a friendlies. They, the characters went into a friendlies for a cup of coffee, sure. and I was like, Jody, nobody, go, you know, <laughs> with this particular, nobody goes to good friendlies. Let's go somewhere cool, like the old white coffee pot junior, which had this much cooler atmosphere. It was out off of Harford or Bel Air Road, up yeah. uh, Moravia Road, up in there. And she's like, take me there. And she's <laughs> like, I love it. This is great. But that's an example of when you're working together on Avalon. Yeah. I, I noticed one of the, there was an apartment building named Avalon. Avalon, and I showed the director or the DP, and they captured it, an image of it, and that was in either the opening or closing credits. Nice. But it was just like something I had noticed, pointed out, and yeah. you know that kind of thing that that, that naturally um, evolves is is the is the cool part of it. I like those little like quirky things because uh, we, we have those things that are in Baltimore. It's part of just what the makeup is here yes. and being able to insert that into something that is a production that may or may not have people who have a tie to the city here. It's just like, oh, there are fingerprints of the city right in here. These little things that when you know, you know, yep. it's like I'm from Baltimore. I know that place. Like when I was doing and I'm still doing the shot in Baltimore series and I almost wanted to do a drinking game for uh, Meteor Man. It's like, every time you see something you recognize, take a shot. And I was like, people want to be drunk. There's a lot of Baltimore in that movie. And isn't that the fun part when when you see something that's filmed in Baltimore? Mm -hmm. Just like you have to watch it a few times because the first time you're watching all you're looking for are places that you know, you're not yeah. paying attention to the dialogue. Then you have to watch it again. I mean, that's what people love. It's the excitement of seeing their town on the screen, um, no matter what yeah. it's about. On Homicide Life on the Street, the first season was kind of hard because people were like, oh, I don't like that name. You yeah. know, I don't want to. And then the second season, and I actually had a couple locations like, no, I don't think so. The next season, they're like, we want to be in your show. We love it. It's great. You know, put a body on my sidewalk or whatever. I mean, I'm serious. I, Just I, to be in it. Because I think part of that series it was films. I, I went to Highland Town, and I was like, it's always like trucks over here. It's like, what, what's filming over here? And, you know, I've always always been a, like a big person since I was a big kid. I was like, I could be an adult. Can I be a dead body or something? What can I be? Well, that's it. And people were, and they were ha they were excited to be that. You know, I'm going to be in it. Um, yeah, we filmed in Fells Point. That was, yeah. I mean, and, and boy, has you know some of the areas changed. Like on Avalon, we put a big um, cross from the wreck pier at the ship where the where the ancestor came down yeah. the immigrant came down this step they built it it was a flat yeah. Yeah, and they built that right on Thames Street well you can never do that anymore it's so busy but back then there wasn't 
there were a few businesses, but not like it was today. And then Homicide used the Rec Pier. That was the mm -hmm. police headquarters. Um, and that's now the Pendry now. It's the Pendry, yeah. yeah. We uh, it, uh, Step Up, the movie Step Up, yes. and Step Up 2, that was the school for the arts, so yeah. that was used for then. So the Rec Pier has a big history in being and playing a part of uh, in, in movies. And you know, you just move on and you find other places yeah. to, to use. But uh, we've captured a lot. Um, I, I think on one of the John Waters movies, we used uh, the old um, uh, Hammer Jacks when yeah. it was under, not the one when, not the time when it was down on Light, uh, Cross Street, but over where the stadiums yeah. are now. So, and that's gone now. So sometimes, you know, you capture a bit of what Baltimore used to look like. I mean, go back and look at um, Tin Men or Diner. I mean, the older films, Injustice for All, yeah. there was a walk and talk up on Federal Hill, and you look over and you can see the Port Cranes right there where the Ritz-Carlton residences yeah. are. So that's kind of a cool thing to do, too, is to go back and look at some of the older the older films for and locations that don't exist any longer. And that's why I thought it was very apt to do it here in the BMI, because there are so many, like going through like the history of what different um, industries were here and kind of getting the history and seeing that, oh, that's not here anymore, that's changed, or we do things in a different way. It's, it's very much a time capsule, like film is a time capsule, obviously, but being here and showing like the, the industry and how things were done, definitely a time capsule, being in here, time yes, capsule. Yes, it is, yeah, looking around, like I said, a lot of these are older film posters. Um, which is which is great. I mean, broadcast news that was <laughs> that was a long time ago. I mean, I'm hoping to see the Rob Lee story. You know, the yes. truth in his art film is one of these, and it's like I would never drink coffee there. You know, find a different location. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to talk about um, the film office a little bit. Um, what what is your office responsible for, and what sorts of services do the uh, does the film office provide? Sure. So um, well, the film there's been a film office in Baltimore since 1970. Just so you know, it's it's we've been around a long time. Our main goal is to is to cut through bureaucratic red tape. I mean that's the the main thing. So we provide um, two productions, um, easy and quick access to city services permits um, for use on public property, like filming at parks or schools or city streets. I um, mean then access. Uh, for sit to city agencies for whatever support a production might need. Sure. Um, so if you want to close a street, we can really streamline that process for you because production is always last minute, needs to be done yesterday. There's no, the, the, they can be in pre-production on a movie for three months, but yet when the time, when it starts shooting, something always happens, especially Lately, with with COVID or illness, you know, somebody is sick, so we have to switch our schedule. Or yeah. there's a storm, and we can't film the exterior scene because it's pouring down rain. So things constantly are juggling around. So we work very closely uh, with with productions, and these are uh, of all sizes. So, um, and I mentioned that I started out working on commercials. Sure. This area has a huge commercial. Uh, production. So there's always all sorts of uh, national and regional commercials being filmed. So we work with, with those productions as well to get their permits for them. Um, and then students. Yeah. We have a great community of students these days. I mean, from from Morgan to Towson Ooh. to Stevenson <laughs> and then Hopkins, Micah. Uh, 
just some great programs. So I do, a, that's one of my favorite things to do is to work with the students and then just help them make sure that they can um, have their dream realized uh, and get what they need. Saul's Ants is another great program yeah. uh, through Hopkins. So I've, I've had a great experience with the latest fellows helping them get their uh, permits and things. And then just a lot of it is, and you're talking to me with somebody with 30 years experience, it's just they pick my brain a lot, which I still have some left <laughs> under the gray hair. But, you know, I, I help um, just mentor and give give advice and maybe point them at, point them to locations. Um, again, you know, I market the city um, every year. We, we have in the last couple of years, but along with the state film office, we go out to Los Angeles. There's a big association of film commissioners. Um, event and producers and location managers come and we sell our areas. So I yeah. sell Baltimore um, with all the things that we talk about. What makes Baltimore so great? You know, just the the old the old architecture of Fells Point to um, Mount Vernon and some of that European beauty. So we can double as other places. Yeah. We have another before one of the things we double for a lot is DC mm -hmm. like House of Cards because it's you know. It's very streamlined here as yeah. far as the filming process. It's not quite as easy in Washington um, because of just being D.C. And the, and the different events that go on <clears throat> politically down there. Um, so it's just it's much easier to film here. So they'll run down, get their shots of the White House or whatnot, and yeah. then come back up here, and then we pretend to be everything else. And I think that's a, the thing that, that people don't get. Like when I was doing, when I first started the series, um, shot in Baltimore, I was just thinking like, we're always DC, we're always DC, why isn't this never Baltimore? But I, I think in understanding it, that it's a bit more relaxed here due to some of the work that you and your, your folks are doing to kind of get rid of some of the bureaucracy and kind of like, yeah, let's shoot here. And I see more and more productions, especially recently, making an effort to to hire within this, this community here. Yes. So people are exposed to it. So this is almost like normalized that movies are being made here and opportunities are here for people in a super kind of accessible way of, yeah, we would love to hire someone here because we want this authenticity. We want these like real makers and creators to pop up on a production. It's like, oh wow, this is shot in Baltimore with Baltimoreans, yes. and, and not everyone is European or what have you. I'm looking at the wire for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's it. I mean, Baltimore um, suffered a little bit, and this is probably going into another um, uh, topic. Sure. But you know, after the wire. Um, a lot had happened in the industry as far as tax credits and, and attracting the ability to attract these studio uh, projects or just bigger projects. It used to be location and crew base, and we sure. always had a two or three deep crew base, so we could handle two, two movies or two series at the same time, or three. Um, but after The Wire, Maryland didn't stay competitive with what other states were doing to attract the industry through um, through incentives. Yeah. Um, so um, a lot of crew went on and moved to other areas. At that time, it was Louisiana had a really great uh, incentive program. Um, and then Atlanta, of course, and Georgia has been busting out because they have an unlimited amount of um, tax credits available mm. every year. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of crew went there. So we're bringing people back um, through the students. I was just talking to Professor Mellinger at Morgan yesterday. 
you know, one of the things we want to do, because we have all these great um, uh, film schools, is with the pipeline, we want to keep the students here. So we need to right. work more on workforce development and getting, you know, the foot in the door is always in the film industry is starting out as a production assistant. I mean, yeah. everybody did it. Love I did PA. it. <laughs> PA, you know, that's what I, I did it. I did it on commercials. I moved into craft service and had a really good spread of food. And then I went on and just did other things. But we all start out that there. So, you know, we want to, we want a local crew base. We want to strengthen the crew base we have. Um, so, it, it is. It's important, and and when productions come in, they want to hire local crew. So we need to keep working on that. So thank and thank you. I think that actually, I think you're you're doing really well here. It's <laughs> as if you got the questions already because you're answering all, all of my questions. This is I don't like this, Debbie. Uh, I know. <laughs> so so geographically, right? There's yeah. nothing really dull about Baltimore. There's always something happening. Yeah. Whether it's like all right, we got to frame the shot a little difference of dirt bike going through real quick. <laughs> Uh, whether you're, you're looking to shoot there or not, there's always something going on. What do, what do filmmakers typically like about filming in Baltimore? And I, and I think, you know, part of you've touched on with, you know, how you sell it, you know, that there are, you know, you could be in different places in a zip code, you know, visually, visibly, you could be in different places within a zip code. But what are some of the things that you're hearing that, that filmmakers really like, like about Baltimore, like about filming here? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing is is the f friendliness of the the neighborhoods and the people that they meet, the willingness to you know work together in the in, and also not to be starstruck. Oh, they're so and so. You know, <laughs> let me. You know, we we are we're still a very welcoming city. Um, I think they again the various styles and the various diversity of the of the locations is is a huge thing. Um, they can get a lot of looks and move around the city in a short period of time. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not a sprawling kind of place, but it, it, it so it's dense with like cool things. Like you said, sure. I mean, you can just turn the corner. One of the things we learned on like shows, uh, television series like Homicide was you could find three locations within a one block thing. We don't need to move the trucks, you know, yeah. I'm not moving the trucks. And you know, some of the producers taught us and they were New York producers that had come down and worked with us. Um, but because they could do it in New York, we could do it here too. I right. mean, it was just like, okay, I need a row house and I need a corner store and I need, you know, some other kind of business or a school. And you can look around and find it. Like, yeah. just turn around and there it is, right there. I mean, I think someone else I talked to years ago, he was talking about Chicago. And when he was in Baltimore, he's like, oh my gosh, there's so it's hilly here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's so flat. So you can get some really cool vistas, I think, here just um, with the topography. We've got a lot of beautiful trees and gardens. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. The light in the fall is, you can't beat it. Right. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful light here. We have seasons, you know. <laughs> we have, we can do winter. Although then they'll, you know, sometimes they'll come in and it's summer and they want to shoot winter. Well, Don't I'm sorry, about that. <laughs> we have more trees now than I think ever before. We look at people look at old like we have a show here now that's supposed to be in 1966. So they're going through and looking at old photos and they're like, there's no trees in 1966. <laughs> so the city did a great job building the, the, the trees situation up here and just providing green space yeah. over all these years. So that's a cool thing. But I think everybody in the end has a very good experience, great restaurants. So when you're off, you have a little time off, you can just go somewhere and you know 
get in and have some have some good food. We have yeah. so many so many good places to eat. For for you, what would you say has been like those like let's say two to three truths, if you will, and I said two like a Baltimorean, two to three truths, if you will, that have like served you really well in your career, that have guided your career. Um, you know, some people might say, be nice to everyone, be kind to everyone, um, you know, hard work, whatever, but what are the things for you that, you know, have really guided you in your career with this like longevity and kind of having so many different roles and, and different experiences in this career? Well, truth is the word, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, don't you do have to tell people what is really going to happen? Hi, we want to <laughs> we want to film in your house. It's just going to be three people. Meanwhile, two hundred people show up the next day, right? Because that's what it is. So you always really tell them to the best of your ability exactly what to expect, and then be ready to apologize when things change because they always change. Mm -hmm. It's just. We're only going to be on this block from this time frame to this, and then suddenly you're two or three blocks, and you know you have to go around and scramble. But always just be ready to be honest and truthful. Always, I mean that's my big thing that I always go by. Um, if something, if you foresee something, in, I don't know how to explain this, but as if always look forward and try to anticipate because put it's putting out fires a lot yeah, of this yeah. business so anticipate what the problem is going to be ahead of time and just just try and work it out so um you know, it, in the film office as well as being a location manager it was always providing the playground for the for the filmmaker for the director and the and the actors right yeah. so you it, so i'm always we're always providing that perimeter making sure that they have permits i make sure um, now as a film commissioner that the location team has gone door to door and knocked and notified everybody yeah. and you're telling them everything right and so and mentoring those people to make sure that they're they're doing all that um, if something does go wrong tell tell somebody right away you yeah. know so that's I mean and these are basic things but you'd be surprised how sometimes people either forget that um, or not and take the time to really talk to people mm -hmm. don't just and explain things in layman terms, not like uh, we've got a, a shot with a, with the hero vehicle. Well, what does I, I, that I, mean? Like, I don't know what that means, <laughs> nor do I care. Like, <laughs> but I had somebody recently do that, and I'm like, look, the, this gentleman that lives, these people that live on the street, they don't know what a hero vehicle means. It could mean Batman driving yeah, down like, the road. Oh, I should put my I should put my drums away. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> so, uh, it's a car with a camera in it, or yeah. whatever, and just you know. Again, it goes back to just my philosophy is this this is a cool business. I yeah. mean, and so make other people feel like they're part of it too and explain things in ways that they can understand. So, yeah. I mean, I think those are my truths. Um, I think those are, I think those are important. I, and, and then I think that if more people applied that to how they go about their work, things would be a bit smoother. Um, they're, like I always think about the the, the 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 bureaucratic thing. That's the thing that's there. I always think about the jargon, you know. And it's like I, I just remember, and it's every it can hit every industry. We know what we do. Yeah. You know, and I might know. Oh, I'm going to check these levels. And somebody may ask, "What is that? What do you mean?" It's like I want to see how you sound on mic. Like you know, and trying to over communicate, over deliver, so the guest or the the the, the the person that's like benefiting from the, the actions that one is taking is in the best place. They're, they're able to do what they do, make it as comfortable. Here's a water, here's an environment. 
all you have to do is just show up and talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that's what it is for me when I try to do this for my, my space and also reconciling with this idea of this is the business one is in. You know, a lot of times I remember early on, oh man, I'm just really just talking and having conversations. It's like, no, this is a performative thing. This is a, it's a communications thing. And you gotta do all of these different points. And when people see that this is what you do and this is how you go about it, this is how you build a reputation. You can have these guests or you can have these locations or these films and these different folks come in. And it, that reputation, it, it's, you, you can't really fix a reputation sometimes. So it's best to build a good one and maintain a good one. And that's it. It's about relationships, really, yeah. in all of this. And, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm realizing, you know, we're t I'm talking a lot about just making sure it's fun and, and the coolness of seeing your neighborhood or yeah. your city on the screen. But one of the main reasons that states and cities do what we do to attract this is because it's a business, it's commerce. Yeah. That's the big thing. For instance, last fiscal year, fiscal years July to June, in Baltimore, $183 million of economic impact from film production. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. And it's the jobs we were talking about crew. I mean, these are great jobs. Um, most of them are union, a lot of them are union jobs, so they have health and, and, um, and benefits like that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an industry. And we're sitting in the Museum yeah. of Industry. It's an industry, right? It's, it's not just, you know, because sometimes people, and it, it, is, it can be a disruption and it, it, on a street. We talked about that earlier, yeah. you know, lights shining in your window, or you have to move your car or whatever, but it's the bigger picture. We have this um, industry where a Motion Picture Association of America estimates $250,000 every day goes into the communities where you're filming. Yeah. So that's for rentals and uh, food and props and salaries. And um, so it, it is a, a big, big uh, impact yeah. um, on, on a city and a state. Then these other kind of like smaller, but I think as important sort of like um, collateral sort of benefits mm -hmm. of, and it's not the notion of being starstruck, but I think when people go to a place like an actor or a crew or something, they're like, oh, maybe I should put down roots here, or maybe I should share this, and it's that reputation thing yet again. And there are cities that, you know, I love Baltimore, Baltimore's my, my home, and there are cities that because I had a great time filming or recording or what have you there, I'm like, I could come back here, I could relocate here, I could tell people definitely go here and be an evangelist in that sort of way for Yes, it. yes, yeah. and I've, I've, I have, I know people who, uh, relocated here after working years ago. They were, in, they were from New York and they came down and they worked on a show or a yeah. movie and they ended up getting married and yeah. buying a house and this raising their children. <laughs> we see it all the time. We do see that. Yeah. I mean, and, and so that is, uh, that's a big part of it. It's a really good point because people do relocate here mm -hmm. because they do, they love it. What's not to love, right? About oh, Baltimore, what's absolutely. not to love? So, so this is the last real question that I, that I have. Now, this is obviously a little bit more forecasting oriented, and I do have those rapid fire questions for you. <laughs> uh oh. So, from from what I hear, more and more projects are being filmed in Baltimore. Recently, you know, we own the city. You know, came out or what have you. I, I, my scenes were cut, unfortunately. So, oh, I definitely no. relate to the filming in the summer for fall scenes, and it's very sweet. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. It was filmed a few, uh, where I was at was a few blocks from my actual house, and I was like, why did I go to set? I could've just walked over there. <laughs> um, are there any plans um, afoot to make Baltimore a bigger player? And, and I know that you touched on this, but this is, I think, a good way to kind of wrap this wrap this up now in terms of some of those changes that are happening. You talk about the more green space that we have here and so on. 
what does like a pitch now look like for, hey, check out Baltimore versus what it may have looked like two to three years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, pitching Baltimore is always, I don't want to say easy, but it is. I mean, we do, again. Pitching the locations has always been easy. We can double for Europe, we can from European cities, DC, and ourselves, right? Yeah. So that's always been an easy pitch. The harder pitch and the bigger pitch is, fine, it's, is what financial or what kind of mm. uh, incentives we have yeah. to be a bigger player. So we go every year, part of the Maryland Film Industry Coalition um, is every year in Annapolis, we're trying to get a bigger package of incentive money. Uh, right now, Maryland has $12 million annually. That's it for tax credits. Oof. So one show, we'll take that. And then now, the, the, one of the great things that's happened over the last few years is 10% of that $12 million is a carve-out for Maryland independent film yeah. projects. So $1.2 million is set aside for um, a, a, budgets is from 25000 to 250000 So you can get that 25% tax credit nice. when you're working. So that's great. And we want to. And that's part of building... Um, building the industry yeah. from within in, in helping local filmmakers and then the remainder goes to um, for larger projects so for instance right now we have an Apple TV uh, project Lady in the Lake filming sure. um, so they had that they got the 10 million from the last fiscal year right and then we also have Lioness which is a Paramount uh, Plus series Taylor Sheridan nice. from Yellowstone is doing so they just started filming last week um, so they have this fiscal year wiped out. So we have nothing left. Got it. So we can only really attract several small uh, Maryland independents, which is great, and then one series. Yeah. And that's it. So we'd like to be able to have more, the m- more in Baltimore and more around the state. So we're looking again to put in legislation um, this next year, uh, General Assembly, and 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 try and raise that because. Atlanta, Georgia has unlimited. Mm. Um, Illinois and Chicago, unlimited. Pennsylvania, I think, is 100 million now. Um, so we're just, yeah, just think, I mean, imagine. That's an eighth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we could really be busting out here yeah. if we had that, because that's, that's just the way it is now. Um, the, the decision makers, they take a look Who's got the incentives? Where can we go? I mean, those are the calls we get. It's it's not like, do you have a street that could look like this or yeah. whatever? It's, what are, the, what are the incentives like? I mean, and that's the reality of it right now. Um, so we need to, we're gonna work and we continue to work on that piece of it. But we also are continuing just to make sure that we are doing the best we can here in, in Baltimore to make sure everybody has a good experience yeah. while they're here to help them find those locations that they need, um, you know, every day again, oh, we're looking for this. I get calls from both of the shows filming, I, I need this, or I look that, where, where can we go? Or, and, and a lot of it is, you know, is I'm a liaison for all sorts of things. So like, do you have the contact for this place? Or do you have the contact for that? So yeah. remember Rolodex is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with. So I, I just have to make, make sure of that. But, you know, so looking forward, if that's a big part, get those incentives up. It'd be great once we got that going, if we could somehow uh, figure out um, a stage space, a big one, 100,000 square feet, something like that, yeah. uh, because all shows, the big ones, again, they, they need a place Sounds to build their, set, their sets. And, you know, we, we've, this last year, was, it's been challenging because with the pandemic and all the e-commerce, a lot of the warehouses that we used to use are 
being used by the Wayfarers at Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we really, that's the next piece. And um, also, again, is, you know, working with the students and helping them build the skills they need um, and to, to take on these trades and to, to work as a grip and an electric or whatever. Because again, there's so many different jobs. I hear the industry right now is really needing accountants. So if, you, if anybody's an accountant out there, you, you're golden right now. All right. Well, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you for all of that. I, I just put in a ridiculous question, but I'm definitely going to ask you in this rapid fire part. Okay. So, you know, as we wrap up in these final few minutes here, um, I got some some questions, uh, and um, they're all over the place, but but they're fun. They're fun. Okay. All right. Um, I'll do my best. Yeah. Brevity is key. Don't overthink them. Don't okay. overthink them. All right. Uh, first one: salty or sweet? Salty. Okay. What is an objectively terrible movie that you love, that you absolutely love? You're like, I know this movie's bad, but I love this movie. <laughs> I have several, but uh, we're, you're, you're on a hot seat Oh here. my gosh. It doesn't have to be filmed here. No, it doesn't have to okay. be filmed here. Well, I don't know if it's bad, but can I just tell you a movie that I'll watch over and over sure. again? And people are going to, it's not a highbrow movie or it's not like it's bad. I love Talladega Nights. I love that too. I don't know why. It's just funny and any we'll spill feral in that. I can just sit and laugh nonstop. But the second place silly? is the first loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shake and bake. You know, I don't know. There's just something silly about that movie. That's that's a good one. Uh, and I'm not a NASCAR fan, so that makes it even funnier. It's just something about the writing in that that just cracks it, me up. It was a formula that worked, and I think they kind of tapped into, like, I don't know enough about NASCAR, nor do I care <laughs> about it, but it's like, these, this sort of thing, yes, this works for me. <laughs> like, oh, you guys are all just hicks. Oh, this is, this is great. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> okay, this is a question I've had for probably, I'm going to see, how old am I? I'm 37, so I've, I've had this question for probably 37 years. Okay. What is a best boy? <laughs> a best boy. <laughs> I know. So it's, it's not like the best man at a wedding, right? Okay. So it's not a best. So the best boy is the the second. So in in the film industry, there's a definite hierarchy. So the best boy is the second in charge. He reports to the gaffer, okay. which a gaffer is the key electrician. So they're in charge of the of the lighting on okay. a set. So the best boy is the next guy down. So. The, Okay. in the chain and then there's electrics so gaffer best boy and then electrics and then there's, sometimes there's a rigging gaffer and yeah. they go in ahead of time and help and lay the cable and get everything ready so so, so a gaffer is a person that's not making faux pas is what you're saying yeah well they better not be right in gaff <laughs> it's nothing but puns coming from here oh my gosh i didn't even i've never thought of that's funny uh, well, there you go a little, little little movie humor for you uh what is your your favorite movie that was set in baltimore my favorite movie is Avalon, and it was probably because it's, it's such a love story to Baltimore, and it just shows all the the beauty. Um, and 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 it's it was my first movie I worked on, full on. But it was it's just, it was just beautiful. Yeah. That's my favorite one. We, and there's a lot of others that I love it just yeah. as well. But it was just there's so there was something about that about Avalon. Maybe it's like something about your first love. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. But that's the one that drew me in, and then I was hooked on working in this in this industry. And lastly, um, mentioning a hooked, so it makes make, it'd be <laughs> funny to ask this question. I don't know if you're a coffee person, but uh, I got to ask this: 
If coffee were illegal, what would its street name be? Oh my God. I know it's a ridiculous question. <laughs> what would its street name be? Yeah. Coffee. Um, uh, oh, God. I got the jits. Jits. I was going to say jittery because <laughs> that's what happens to me when I have too much coffee. Uh, <laughs> we Man. have the same one. Man, I'm I've never out. heard the jits, but I think that's it. Something I was going to go along that line with jittery. Wait, we're just oh. waiting for my official coffee. The jits is coming out soon. I know. It's going to be great. <laughs> so. There you have it. Uh, that's that's kind of the end of this interview here. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. And I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to uh, check out um, the Baltimore Film Office and all of that good stuff, all the latest and greatest news there. The floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you very much. So we have a website, baltimorefilm.com. But mostly I'll keep up-to-date information on our Facebook page, which is uh, Baltimore Film Office. So my contact information is on both. If anyone has questions, they are always welcome to email me, and I'm, I'm here to help. Well, there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank Debbie Dorsey for coming on to the podcast, and I'm Rob Lee saying that there is film and culture and that industry in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.